0: It's 1944, and five children are killed in the bombing of a Woolworth store in southeast London. But what if they had lived? Follow them through the years as they encounter all the reality of life in the 20th century. From Francis Spufford, Costa Prize-winning author of Golden Hill, comes Light Perpetual, a novel of the everyday and the miraculous, of second chances and redemptions. Light Perpetual. Out now in hardback and Ebook from Waterstones. Cone snails are a group of highly venomous marine snails. Their shells are beautiful, but they pack a powerful neurotoxic punch. In fact, some members of this family are so poisonous that they can easily kill a person. And often, the sting provokes a sensation of profound fear in the victim. But one species of cone snail called Conus imperialis produces a very different reaction in the worms that they hunt for lunch. This snail has a venom cocktail that includes pheromones. Yes, it uses the same chemicals that the worms give off when they want to mate. So why would a snail make a worm aphrodisiac? And how do you figure that out in the first place? Phil Sanson spoke to Joshua Torres from the University of Copenhagen about these strange creatures.
1: Most of what is known in cone snails is that they would hunt for their prey using a venom that's composed of toxins to paralyze and capture. But now we know that it's not just toxins that are in there. There's also small molecule components in the venom that would actually help them. And in this case, the small molecules were trying to mimic the pheromones to lure their worm prey. So
0: these cone snails hunt by taking advantage of these worms getting too sexed up, is what you're telling me. (laughs)
1: Yes, in a way. So cone snails are mainly grouped according to what their diet is. And for this particular snail, it has, for some reason, developed a strategy in which it would have to hijack pheromone or signaling mechanisms that the worms use during mating.
0: How do you know? Did you see a snail doing this, or were you just looking at the venom?
1: So this initially started when we were just looking what's inside the venom, And then we realized there's something else in the venom that's not usually found in there. We call it the small molecules. Why are the snails making these things? You know, when we test it, usually by injecting into worms, these small molecules weren't really doing anything. It had us thinking there should be something else going on. Maybe the small molecules are also targeting other facets of the worms.
0: To kill them maybe in, in different ways is what you're saying. Yes,
1: exactly. But there's so many facets of a worm in a <laughs> worm's life, right? And so we decided to look for a gene that we think is making the molecule And what we found while doing that is that there exists a similar gene in the worms. And we know that somehow it should also make a similar small molecule in those worms. These were actually the pheromones of the worms that they use during mating.
0: These snails have got a similar gene to the worms, and it makes a similar molecule to their pheromones. And it's similar enough that it does the same thing?
1: You know, it's not that straightforward to test these molecules into the worms and see if they actually act like pheromones, because the worm has a very intricate life cycle. To reach sexual maturity, it has to happen on a full moon. It's like a fairy tale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean. And
0: these aren't earthworms, right? All I can picture is like a, a wriggly pink thing, but it probably isn't that.
1: Oh, they come in different sizes and different looks and shapes and colors. These are marine worms.
0: Right. So you need to find someone who has the worms. You need them to wait for the full moon. And then they need to put the stuff in the water. Exactly. I got to know, how did the worms react?
1: There's video of this in the paper and you've gotta see it because it's amazing. You expose the male worm with one small molecule and it starts secreting its sperm thinking there's a female worm around. We do the same thing in the female worm and it will go in tight little circles as if it's ready to lay the eggs.
0: So it, it does work. It basically works the same as the pheromone.
1: Yes, it induces those behavior. Okay,
0: I don't understand. If I'm a cone snail. Why on earth have I bothered to make what is essentially Viagra for worms when I'm already full of this incredibly toxic stuff that I could just instantly kill them with? Other than sheer sadistic cruelty.
1: (laughs) You know, it's, they've got to eat for some reason, right? And they have to be creative about it. They don't use money to buy snacks there. You know, they have to do something. And that's, This is just my hypothesis. Down there, you'll be faced with different circumstances. You know, you have a worm that does never come out or they're in tight crevices. You've got to have a way to actually attract them, lure them. And so since they're really wise, these coonsins are really wise, they would make several hunting strategies and would probably use what's most efficient at that time.
0: Could you not put a, a snail in a tank with a worm that's in a crevice and see if it's actually doing this?
1: We have done a lot of these tank experiments, and most of the time what the cone snail would do if it's hungry is that you know it would go and sting the worms. We haven't had a chance to actually test how it actually uses it in nature.
0: I guess you need to go out into some bit of ocean sometime, wait till the moon's right, Wait for the worm sex frenzy. Take a bit of water and see if it's got the cone snail bit in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If you're really lucky, you'll see it.
0: Joshua Torre is there and that work has just come out in Science Advances.